Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For 16 years, I've been getting drug tested. For 10 years, I've been getting hair tested. Um, AFL and AFLPA look after that. And in that 10 years, I've never been told that our club has a drug culture. Yes, there is a latest development. Yes, the investigation, if it proves to be true, there is a player that's taken a list of drugs. But we're naive to think that doesn't happen in society. I get we're a high-level um, performing in- industry and we'd love zero. But until I get told that we have an issue or I can see the issue myself with my own eyes, I can only go off face value. I can only go off my 16 years of the one club and in my 16 years we're at a very good part of culture as well. I haven't been anywhere else, Gary has, and if Gary says that, you've got to take the man on his word. Obviously I would love no article to ever get written about our club, but it has. But I still stay strong that we've got a good culture at our club. There is things to iron out and that's the same with every club and every society issues. So. I'm not hiding. There is issues, and we will make sure we get that right. But there's going to be issues every single year, whether you guys write about it or not. I felt for Max Gorn yesterday. The Melbourne captain left to answer for other teammates. I have no doubt that Max is the strongest devotee of a devoted culture and striving for great things. But everybody's not on the same page there. I think we know enough to say that much. So I wondered what that sounds like to somebody who knows these environments so well and has been a leader and so long involved in the game. Phil Davis is with me in the studio today. Phil, welcome back. Jared, nice to be here. Thank you. Did you feel a bit for Max yesterday? I felt terrible for Max yesterday. I, I must admit, when you sent me through that uh, that snippet yesterday, I was like, that is exactly what you don't want to do as a captain or even just a member of a football club. I, I, I was talking earlier today. We had to suspend Toby 2014 or 15, I can't remember what year it was. And I was lucky I was in Sydney because I only had to do two or three press conferences when it got brought up. And that was for um, the incident that he did have back then with a uh, security guard. And that was hard enough for just a two to three week period. But Max is getting this, like an Auskick launch for 2024. You're answering that question after a trial game. You know, you're not even near the season. For me, that's the bit that takes a toll on you as a leader is all the distractions. And this is a big distraction that just keeps giving. How much would you come to resent the distraction, do you think? Well, I think what happens is, and this is where it is such a fine line, and from what I can gather, he made some some quotes there about you know Clayton being the most um, obvious one that we can talk about. He's invested in Clayton as a person, and I think that will always surpass the frustration that comes with his professional life. However, however, and this is I think I made a point uh, a month or so ago. There comes a point, and this is like the Taron Thomas situation, and that it's like for me as a player, I eventually want yeah the distraction to be removed, and whichever way that is. So for example, the Joel Smith one, they've got to work through that. But, and I don't know how it all works, but if I was Melbourne, I'd just be like, he's just not going to play this year. No matter what, let's leave all those discussions elsewhere. Don't, don't even waste your time talking to Max or Simon or anyone. He's just not playing this year, no matter what. Whatever comes out, just try to take something off the table and work through the distractions because that to me is, I want to talk about football and it becomes annoying and frustrating and you, actually, you resent 
the media. That's what happens. You start to become reclusive. And then, and the thing is, when you're a captain, you're middle management. Yeah. You're not really the big, everyone thinks you run the show as captain. You just don't run the show. You are expected to be the liaison between the players and the up above, the coach, the GM, the CEO, the president. You're, you are middle management. And at the end of the day, you don't have say on anything. So what Gary Pert says has more influence than what you say. The issue of trust within a player group and when that you either know stuff is happening or you suspect stuff is happening and, and you're the, you're the beacon of what the culture you want to build is. What, what's, how significant can the tear of trust be within a locker room? Yeah, that was one of the biggest challenges I ever had as captain was I acted a certain way that I thought was the way that you should act as a professional athlete and the devotion, et cetera. And not everyone was always wired that way. And I guess you were trying to find what the, the, the floor was on that. And if they dropped below the floor, you had to get involved. Um, and that was, that was always very difficult. I found that being the biggest challenge was trying to be like, Hey, we all want to behave like this. Or, you know, Clayton's obviously the most easy example. He is a phenomenal player. And so what is allowed for Clayton is obviously different for everyone else. Um, it'd be the same for Christian, except that obviously we know what a devoted athlete he is. So that's the thing for me that that was always the toughest piece of the puzzle was as a captain, you're like, hey, I'm trying to do this, join me. And you see the people on the edges and you try to keep them up and in line. And I was very lucky that for a large portion of my career, the large portion of the playing group were very much in line. And, you know, the piece that caught my attention a little bit for Max was, was around that drug policy stuff. You just don't get told the results. You never hear the results. So, like, maybe that's because the Giants didn't have a drug problem or Melbourne don't, but I've never heard of a club, except for up the up us finding out potentially what is within those results. Yep. Do you agree with that as a mechanism? Would it be useful to the player group to know what was happening in their midst or would that would that have too many risks associated with it? Incredibly difficult question. I think that Jared's a good one. I, where we sit right now is we sit that the illicit drug policy is a welfare first policy, which I agree with. Is there tinkering that needs to be done? Yes. And I believe that's coming. However, when your first priority is priority is welfare, then that's where it stays. And that's why this policy is okay. Because once you start to get that finger pointing shame, you actually might push it even more submersive underneath yep. the, and that can become even more um, tearing at the fabric of a football club between the doers and the don't doers. Would you find, had you always found it challenging and difficult that an athlete in a professional environment would find themselves with those sorts of behaviors as I imagine someone who's totally dedicated to the absolute mm. best and striving for it. Did you, did you struggle with that as an idea? Yeah. If you ask anyone that, that knows me well, particularly in my first sort of eight to 10 years in the system, I didn't understand why everyone wasn't as driven as me and is so like stiff and rigid and, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's. It probably wasn't until I was 28 that I realized that individuality is important in a team. If everyone was like me, we wouldn't be very good. Um, but and that, and that's, and then there's also the element of just like the social settings that we are in at the age group that we're Max touched on it yesterday as well. We're 18 to 35 year olds at upper limit. If you think about what everyone else does, they're your friends, they're yours. Like everyone can get be given into temptation at some point. However, 
you know, it's just different being us. And I found that difficult for a long time. And then I realized that, Hey, I had to be a little bit more compassionate and understanding that there were different ways to go about it. And, and then the added layer to that is, you know, if for example, you know, there's, there's like rash decisions and decisions that probably don't fall in line with being a professional athlete. And then there are ones that come back to mental health challenges and they're very different and trying to delineate between those two can be incredibly challenging. And that was an added layer that I learned more and more because, you know, I was disappointed probably early in my career, the sort of views I had because they were so black and white and dismissive of challenges that people had. And I was, there was a lack of empathy from me in that situation. Yeah. That's an interesting insight. So if we brought this just back to Melbourne to finalize, do they need to do something? So can you just roll on and Max does his press conference and then on, or would you think there would be an internal coming together to try to navigate uh, what are pretty tricky waters for them right now of their own making? Yeah. I, I think when I sort of look, there's obviously two aspects to running a footy club, the internals and the externals. And I would have thought straight after this article, because that headline was serious headline on the Herald Sun about Joel, like that, I read that and I was like, oh wow, this is really bad. And then you read it more and you understand the situation and the text messages. And like, to me, that is not abnormal for that to happen, but in the circumstances, trafficking gets labeled. Yep. So, and that's, you know, when we think trafficking, we think like jail time and et cetera. So that was alarming. But then I think they, what they would have done is they would have a meeting internally I would presume the CEO, I would presume maybe the president would come in and you just put it all on the table and say, Hey, this is the situation from like a, an administrative point of view, they would leave. This is what I would do. I would then have the, the coach, the GM, the captain speaking, saying, well, what are we going to commit to? What are we going to do? We need to, we either fracture or we galvanize here because every single, I think, football public is looking at the Melbourne demons and what their first six rounds look like. And if there is fracturing at all, this talented list is going to be in a lot of trouble. That's going to be very difficult because what will happen is at round four, if they're two and two or one and three, what's the headline going to be? Culture, no good, playing, no good, blah, blah, blah. So I think they have to have a moment of galvanizing now to go, what are we going to commit to? We've just got to lock in. They'll have a buy round three or four, because they're playing opening round, can we get to there and reassess? But we need to galvanise, guys. This is what it's about. Let's remove distractions. Let's be on our best behaviour. Let's lock in. I would think that would be the internal conversation because at the moment, I can only imagine the hallway conversations happening at Amy Park. It makes it high stakes, doesn't it, for a team that's in the window? Yeah, well, I think we've touched on this before. I just didn't think there was a better team at the end of 2021 for like a dominant five years. And to be straight sets two years in a row, and then this just continually compounding, yeah, it's 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 big stakes. And I think, you know, I think one thing they should be very thankful for is they've got a great captain in Max, who's got this charisma to him as well as being a great player that I think he can galvanise the group. And I think they will give themselves every chance because yeah, it's it does feel like the first six to eight weeks is going to define their season and maybe almost the tenure of this sort of group. Yeah. Phil Davis is in the studio. The Melbourne scenario is occupying many a mind. We've got two match sims today. So the Giants and Sydney to go first. And then in the heat of the Melbourne day, it's going to be Carlton and Geelong. We'll stray towards what the preparation looks like a couple of weeks out in a moment. Here's Nathan in the newsroom. Here's the squad for this week. Um, pretty much unchanged. Nick will come in for, for Tay. Real strong position to be in. 
how far you've come, you know, whether it's your individual journey, when this is you as a young, young player, you know, forging your career, you know, growing your hair long, whatever your story was, it's got you to here. It has, and we've all got a story to tell. So someone's always got something to tell. There's always, you know, resilience along the way or things that have shaped them and, and it gets us to this moment. And then you think about us as a group too. This is two years in the making to get us to this moment. Not just 10 days of preparation to get to GWS, two years. Two years of us forging winning habits, winners only, step in the room. You know, that this is our journey together collectively. Take a look around the walls. This started with blank walls at the start of this campaign. Corkboard, that's all it was. We're filling in the blanks with the stories that we've been telling, the steps that we've taken, and look at now spilling over right up to the back. So many stories to be told in those photos. Memories now. Memories, that's all they are. And they've got us to this moment. Your story individually and our story collected got us to this moment. And now it's up to us to live in it. Okay, we're so f***ing lucky to be in this position. We're so lucky to have this environment. Just got a few more minutes to play, that's all. Craig McRae with his Collingwood group in the Inner Sanctum, Take the Steps is the documentary that the Magpies have made. It's going to open in cinemas. Uh, it plays next Wednesday at Hoyts in Melbourne and will be released from there. Phil Davis, how strongly does that resonate with you, having, I have no doubt, lived a few meetings like that? Yeah, no, that definitely rings a bell. You know, I think any time, you know, you're always telling a story within a, within a year. Um, you know, it's a, a story of growth and development, or is it a story of chasing the ultimate success? So definitely the latter is the more fun. And that's obviously what you can hear there. And yeah, that resonates. And one thing I find about Craig McRae is he is so charismatic. Like even just listening there, I was like, wow, I'd love to play for you. And it's just the language he uses. Like, I'm not sure how he's developed it, but he just hits you and, and motivates you without the rara. Um, and yeah, that stuff is like, that's, that's goosebumps. Cause that's why you play footy is for that speech before a preliminary final. It's just awesome. And I think, you know, I, I jokingly re replied to yesterday saying there's a fair bit of that vision at someone else's club that didn't make it out because yep. they didn't win it. But, um, that's just part and parcel of it. You know, you get the camera out and you capture this amazing content. And then when you win it, you roll it out and everyone can just enjoy in your, in your greatness. I love the, the imagery around it was it had started as bare corkboard and then Photos had been pinned up along the way around small moments, signature moments from the season as it had built out. Mm. And then it's it's sort of almost the complete canvas as you're preparing for the preliminary final. Yeah, and I think in one of the other captions of it, uh, Darcy Moore talks about just, I think it was just after the prelim, after they beat the Giants. And he's saying, well, we just lost that game 12 months ago. And you're sitting there in the SCG change rooms thinking about how hard it is to get back there again. And then you're there again and it's like, all right, well, how do you make that, that next step, that next, that next climb up the, up the ladder. And yeah, just the, the imagery, uh, I think they're called rituals that you try to create around a football club and he's, he's nailed that. And it's very, it was, it's great content. I'm looking forward to, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll watch it. Are there particular years? Are there particular journeys or themes that sort of live with you? Uh, we had this awesome one and I'm going to butcher it, but it was 2019. Um, we brought it in with lots of injuries in 2019. The, the most obvious one was Wardy did his, Cal Ward did his knee in Geelong when we beat Geelong in Geelong. And then we lost our way in the middle of the year. We had a lot of issues and 
Wardy narrated a, a video every week and he's got this great narrating voice, Cal. Yeah. And, um, it's the, the Japanese tradition of where if you break something that put it back together, it's actually stronger. And so for the last eight weeks of the year, he would narrate a story of us playing and the story of this weekend's game. One, he was in rehab and it was awesome. And then underneath that as well was Conor McGregor. Um, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. So we had like a dual thing and that was yeah. 2019. And then the absolute pinnacle was uh, before the grand final. Wardy did his video. It's like on a sukiya. So I, I, have to, I don't want to butcher it too badly. We had that and then Conor McGregor did a video for us. Really? A 10 minute video. It was awesome. What, what? Give us a bit of an insight. Oh, it was just, he was just talking about like our story and obviously <laughs> whoever organized it must have paid a bit of money to get Conor McGregor to do it. Yeah. But he, he'd heard about us. He, so he did a bit of like a pump up speech for a few minutes and then like talked about a few of the players and our own stories. So he talked about cow. He spoke about me and you know, all these different stories and then wished us all the best for tomorrow. Didn't help though, did it? But <laughs> no, but it, but it it's was awesome. part of what you live through. Yeah, it was awesome. Nothing's wasted in the fact that nah, it lives that, so that was that was so that was 2019. That um, I remember most vividly. Um, Cal's voice is just mesmerising. So might have to get him to get a job once he finishes. Maybe on television ads. No, that that's a great little insight. There's, there's something there for him in the aftermath. Uh, so the match sims where we are now. Um, mm. The proper practice matches start next Tuesday, but these are. These are interesting little affairs that it's always hard to know exactly what you're watching. And it's much more about individuals and patterns than it is mm. about contest. Um, what, what's the worth do you think of this little phase for everyone? Uh, so for a young player, it's trying to go from the 27th player to the 22nd player. Yep. And that's really important because there'll be the coach right now at most clubs would have 17 magnets locked in barring injury, there'll be no changes. So the last sort of six spots, obviously including the sub is up for grabs and they need to be worked out. So those players are going hammer and tong. Yes. So that's a different batch. And then players 28 to 35 that get an opportunity to run out there. It's just nice to wear the AFL Guernsey, play with an AFL ball, play against AFL opponents. That's very exciting. So they just get experience that hopefully hold them in a good set. If they get an opportunity to play this year and then, the 17 players to the first players just blow out some cobwebs if you need it. So, you know, Collingwood didn't play a lot of players um, yesterday. Um, like, But even I always just like to play three quarters just to get the nerve. Because we used to play three back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So more recently for me, it's been trying to get the habit that I don't need to play too many games. So I would just go out there, hopefully not get hurt, but it would be play on someone that's not, you know, for example, Jeremy Cameron. Like Johnny Patton, like it's different players that I'd been playing on for months. It's like, all right, I just want to play on someone different and see how it works and get the touch. Just, just for me, it was just a little bit of touch. That's all I worry about for that, you know, those first 17 that are definitely going to play. And then the one next week is go hard just to get a real feel for it. Yep. Yeah. So that's how I sort of broke it up. Like the first one was like, just get a feel for it, be on someone different, get a bit of stimulus blow out the like, excitement of just playing again. And then next week is like, oh, I'm going to practice hard. Um, and just, you know, for example, Toby Green just won't even play today for birth of his child today, actually. And then next week he'll be going hammer and tong just to get a practice run. Yep. So you need the, you need one proper dress rehearsal. Yeah. And that's why I think going forward, you know, it'll just be one game. 
Yep. And, and there's a big chance for me that like, if we're going to continue to organize these practice games, the AFL might just completely can the official one or say one official one, no practice games. Yep. Because as a player as well, like once you get to a certain point, like I don't want to, like, I don't want to risk it, you know, just, just let me play one game and I'm on the field. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that, that feels about right. Whether it's, it's one or is it possible to go in cold? Very good players, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like... Could you send the whole competition in cold with a deep yeah. sense of mystery? Um, yeah, I would then lengthen the season. Yeah, I, I, I've always liked the idea of... So reflecting on my career, I think I ended up playing 30 NAB Cup games or something in that vicinity. Right. Or practice games or like around 30. I would trade them for proper games every day of the week. Yeah. They're exactly the same toll. You know, like I think I fell short of 200, but like breezed past the 200 club because I played so many affiliated yeah. AFL games. I'm like, geez, I would have just tra- changed them all across and I'm like, would have got to like 230. So, yeah. but that, that's the thing for me. And the thing about Pendlebury would be at 400 and something huge by yeah, now. You put them all together. So I, I think you can go cold definitely and just add two proper games. Okay. Yeah. Food for thought. Phil, great to see you. Thanks, Jared. Phil Davis, eminently sensible voice in our footy landscape.